White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Win Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello and welcome in, welcome back to episode 364 of Locked On White Sox. I'm your host, Chris Tannehill. Good morning, everyone, as I'm uh, taping this here very early on Tuesday morning as we push the show out here. We're back five shows a week until the middle of December, thereabouts. So if you are a fan of the White Sox and you enjoy coverage all off-season long, this is the premier destination for all White Sox talk. I am your host, Chris Tannehill, my co-host and partner in podcasting and in crime. Herb Lawrence will be joining me here in just a moment. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to get into a mailbag, our week-long mailbag, basically. Uh, We're going to talk about a outside-of-the-box road trip destination for Sox fans. We'll talk about uh, moving someone positionally who was on the 2021 White Sox that may be able to solve one of the problems, one of the glaring holes on the roster in 2022. And we'll also maybe talk about road rage a bit Stay tuned to figure out what I'm talking about there. Before a quick time, I just want to thank you for making Locked on White Sox your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to take a quick time out, and once we return, we will open up the aforementioned bag next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Taking a look at the early lines for the Bears and Ravens this Sunday afternoon on the lakefront. Right now, the Bears opening at six and a half point dogs to Baltimore at home. It's a pretty big number. Maybe you like that. Maybe you think it's too much. Maybe you think it's not enough. Head over to Bet Online and make your play right now the over under sitting at 45 and a half if you head to the new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today and you'll receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball futures nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts All right, this is the point of the show where I would normally ask Herb if we should open the bag, and he would say, let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. And we love your emails, too. If you're a Locked on White Sox fan, and we know you are, you're listening to the show, coming up on a big podcast milestone here uh, as the week rolls on here. We'll get to that a little bit more tomorrow, perhaps. But if you want to get your emails read on the show, you want to hear your voicemails on the show, and we love it during the offseason. It's a critical part of the show's success, and it means a lot when you guys reach out with your questions, with your batshit crazy trade ideas. We enjoy it. And so if you have any of those, or you just want to talk, ask us about anything, really, uh, it's all right there for you. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. That's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. And the voicemail, 312-566-8727. If you can't remember all those numbers, just remember this. Harold Baines, 
A.J. Pruszynski, Mark Burley, Jorge Orta, Bo Jackson, Carlton Fisk, Tim Anderson. It's that easy. It's much easier to remember all that than those silly numbers. All right, here we go. Let's get back into the bag. Uh, we got the voicemails cracking. 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. It's a 312 checking in. Hello, this is Michael's dog. South Sider and blood living in Milwaukee. Missing my white socks. I miss Ed Farmer. Tell more stories about Ed Farmer. Um, also, I miss baseball right now. Hey, I got an idea. How about a, a tanny trip to... Uh, if you guys did a trip to Dominican Republic to watch some Winter League baseball games with a group of Sox fans, find out which Sox prospects are playing for which teams in Dominican Republic, and do a flight. I've been to those games down there. They have cheerleaders on the dugout between innings. They are smoking hot. I'm in. The fans are really into the game. It's a lot of fun. You can get into the park for, like, $5, and a beer is $2. It's a lot of fun. Awesome idea. I think I can be reached if you have questions or need more ideas on this trip we could do. Sox fans, lockdown Sox. Thank you, Tanny and Herb. Love you guys. Yeah, okay. So a couple of things there. So Ed Farmer stories. I don't know if we have any any new Ed Farmer stories uh, that, that we have not told on this show yet. I was thinking about this for, for a couple of days. You know, I think about Ed literally every day because I have got his card right here that I keep here on my desk. There's, there's Ed looking very handsome there, the 1980 uh, Tops card here. And, oh, excuse me, this is the Fleer card. And then I have the one at the station that sits at our uh, board in the control room. So I make sure I th- we think about Ed every day. But mm-hmm. one thing that uh, that did cross my mind the other day is uh, I don't think you worked this game with me, Herb, but it was I think it was 2012. I think I had just gotten married. It was a day game. And um, Ed was not particularly happy I don't know if it was the way that the catcher that day was calling the game. I don't remember what what catcher it was, but every time that there was a base hit, Ed was off mic. At least he thought he was off mic, and he was cursing up a storm. So it, it would be like, you know, uh, here's the three one to Cabrera. This was a base hit left field. Tigers up ten to one. Like he was just like irate <laughs> with what was going on behind the plate that day, and he, and he thought he was off mic, but he t- he muted his mic like he hit his cough button. But DJ standing like like two feet away from him, so his mic's gonna pick up whatever Ed's mic you know doesn't pick up. So I just remember that as like I, I think I was working with Joe that day. We were just like, oh my god, Ed is irate right now, and I'm gonna have to like bleep this highlight or really just chop it up so you can't hear him in the background. But like that was as mad as I had ever heard Ed during a baseball game and I don't think I don't know I, again I don't know if it was pitch selection or or what it was but uh, or just losing to you know a, a division rival that day but I'll never forget that it was just like oh my god people are hearing this on the air and Ed is not happy about it it was like you know uh you know whatever two two to inch swung on and belted are you fucking kidding me <laughs> you know it was just, just like that so um i don't know if you ever heard that story uh, I, yeah I, I think i did uh i you know i remember i think i did remember that and we probably had to adjust our our uh dump delay uh times <laughs> yeah because of ed on that regard um but yeah, that story, and then I remember the story where you remember we're on the twelfth floor where you, you go into the update studio, and that recording system was unreliable. But 
if you needed it in a pinch, it worked out sometimes because we had multiple edit studios back in the day on the 12th floor of the uh, one, two crew, as they call it now. And so we could go to any or is, of these or was studios. This M- was this NBC Tower? When no, we- no, this oh, was okay, this, this is- was uh, this was at the uh, one two crew. On th- we had three on air studios: it was an update studio all by itself, our production studio, and then the host studio. I was in the back with the update studio, trying to make a cut because Ed does pregame with the manager. He does a pregame with a player or some or a coach. And so I'm recording this and I'm running it into our system so we can be played on the pregame show. Joe is going to rerun the board. Joe Ostrowski, who know who now is the BetQL Daily uh, host and all about gambling. But he was the executive producer of uh, White Sox baseball back then. And so I was assisting him. Usually I would do that shit with, you know, with no problem. And there is. And sorry, Tecna. But something happened where it sped up Ed's voice. And Ed sounded like a chipmunk for like the whole interview. And so we hear Ed's not, you know, he's listening to what we're playing on the air. And then Joe dumps out of it. And so, so like when Ed, we when, hear, when when we hear it when we're taking it in, it sounds a normal speed. Normal. But once yes. it goes out of the over the air, it's like uh, you know, okay, there with the pitching matchup today, Chris Taylor going to be, you know, like that, you know. So yeah, <laughs> and so Joe is furious, like hurry, yells out. <laughs> I go in, I listen, and then I can hear in cue, which is just we put them uh, on the side so you can hear them and it doesn't go on the air. <laughs> I can hear Ed. Joseph, Joseph Ostrowski, <laughs> what's going on? And then he's, uh, yeah, yeah, Herbie's uh, doing some blah, blah, blah. Herbie, this is my livelihood. <laughs> this is my livelihood. What are you doing? And so, you know, ever since then, I never, ever, even when they said they fixed the update studio back then, I never, ever cut things back there no. ever again because that was, like Taney said, sounded normal to me initially. And then when it got on air, it was F. And yeah, I would have been pissed too if I sounded like that. <laughs> yeah, like, and that goes to show you, like, stuff that Ed would say, we still say in day to day life. Like, you know, whenever someone makes a mistake, like, you know, if we would fire off a commercial in the middle of an inning on accident because we we're trying to cue something else, or you know, or play legal ID in the middle of an inning because you just hear dead air and you're like, did he call for illegal that I didn't hear? And oh my then, god! So we'd play so it, many times. P- play something, go out over the air during a game that that wasn't supposed to be there, <laughs> and Ed would be like, I don't know what happened there, friends but we're going to find out. Um, so, like, you know, that was, like, something that we say, like, every day at work. Like, whenever someone messes up, I don't know what happened there, friends, but we're going to find out. Uh, and then also one of the, one of the things, like, though this is my livelihood, we say that shit all the time, too, at work. Like, you know, uh, I'll get up to go to the bathroom and have someone watch the, the, the board for me and they're like, hey, careful, this is my livelihood here. What are we doing? <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, Ed just has those things that, uh, you know, has us thinking about him all the time. Uh, not a day goes by, I don't think about him but yeah we loved working with him for many many years on the white Sox radio network um other part of that email or the phone call i should say a trip to dominican republic folks man uh, that's another edism right there when you just when you preface anything you're about to say with folks or friends <laughs> friends <laughs> um yeah that that means it's good uh, usually uh yeah i'd be down for that uh, i don't think I, I would ever come back though Watching baseball in the game that it's supposed to be played, passion, energy, uh, Dominican cheerleaders on top of the dugouts. Like, I don't know if I'd ever come back. That would be my my one concern. But that's a trip that I think we've talked about on this show before. 
I think uh, your mean is down there in the Dominican mm-hmm. Winter League. I saw, I think it was your guy Pedro Gomez uh, tweeting about him the other day. But yeah, that would be a, a dream trip, I think, uh, for for uh, Locked On White Sox podcast listeners. That's that's an off-the-beaten-path ballpark trip there going down the Dominican Republic. Uh, my wife's been down there. I've never been there. But, yeah, I would that, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I just got to get a passport. I'm still going through the process of changing my name. Well, my, change, my name is legally changed, but now I need to change my birth certificate. So then I get a passport. But once that's settled, man, I'm going everywhere. Dominican Republic sounds great for baseball. I see those games played all the time, the Caribbean World Series games or just Dominican Winter League. Mercy. It's just like fun, like the game is supposed to be having an enjoyable time. No matter what, if your team wins or loses, you're going to be out there having your time spent really well. And I don't know if I would stay there because the Dominican is not all there yet. And all some of the problems they have with colorism, I'm all good with that. As far as the baseball and seeing some of the best players just play voluntarily for their favorite teams like these guys go back home. Like imagine that happens here for any sport that we do, like Americans like play their sport out in Europe and then or play soccer in Europe and then come back for like a pretty much an exhibition. And they mean it. They want this. They love this. They they want to win. And like I saw Albert Pujols playing Dominican League. We're going to see a Hall of Famer play probably his last couple of series, maybe going to play next year for what free for two dollars. The guy said you get entrance for two dollar beers too. mercy. I'm in. Uh, speaking of trips, I booked my flight to San Francisco yesterday. What? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm getting pretty I mean, excited. Uh, let's man. hey, Major League Baseball Players Association. Let's get it together. I know it hasn't happened yet. Tanny's booked this trip. We've booked our trip. We need to go. We got the got the pump fake the first time. Yeah. We will be irate if we don't get to go this week this year. Socks I think we're gonna there. go no matter what. Like we're going to San Francisco that week, no matter what. I yeah. hope there's a baseball game being played with the White Sox and the Giants. God, I'd be crushed again. Like if it doesn't happen, you had to, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. But I, we we would we would go also because San Francisco. You know, there's certain parts of that town I don't like or love. Uh, but it's really I, I dug that city when I was out there for the Super Bowl a few years back. So, uh, Sox are out there for a what week. Was it Castro? What the the area that wasn't great? Oh no! Well, here's a funny thing: is like when for the Super Bowl they sort of ushered all the homeless out of all the downtown areas, which was That's really ridiculous. a miracle in itself. You know, because they're trying to hide there. They have a really bad homeless problem there. Yes, and like, like like a lot of big cities do, especially on the West Coast. Seattle's pretty bad too. Uh, San Diego was bad. Was it? Yeah, I was just going to ask yeah. you. I don't remember seeing it that much when I was a lot there. of homeless vets. Yeah, in San Diego. Sad, that's really sad, especially with San Diego of all towns. Uh, but you know, uh, we're, we're going to get out there regardless. Their Sox are out there playing the Giants the July Fourth weekend leading up to that. So like the first, second, and third, I believe. So uh, yeah. we're going to go out there, and uh, we're, you know, we we built in a little flexibility, so we probably just will see one game, maybe the game on Sunday before we head out of town, but. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that. It's a really great food town, especially if you like, you know, Chinese food, Italian food. Like it, it, it reminds me a lot of New York in those ways because it's got little pockets of of, of great, 
you know, food delights and a, and, and a great night nightlife scene with restaurants and stuff like that. So it's a really cool town, and, and you know, I just I, I dug it when I was there. So I'm looking forward to getting out there this summer. It seems like uh, it's forever away, but uh, finally had to use those airline vouchers that we used in 2020 before we lost them. So uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that in July of 2022. And I would definitely recommend if you guys are going out with us or going out not with us, but at the same time where we're going out to there. Stop by uh, the wharf. I think it's Fisherman's Wharf, mm-hmm. and get the bread bowl, uh, the sourdough bread bowl with the clam chowder, whatever you want to have in there. Not clam chowder. It is clam chowder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clam chowder in it. Oh my god, it's worth it. It's like twenty some dollars. Definitely worth it. And the seagulls are going to bother you, so you keep your <laughs> keep your uh, food in your in your vision because the seagulls will come and get your shit. Uh, quickly J- jason siegel will be there also and he'll, he'll be coming to take your <laughs> shit um all right uh, sorry ne- take them yeah <laughs> next email coming in uh, this is from tony how you doing tony says every time i hear that i always think of the italian herb and cheese bread from subway his email uh, had the subject line italian herb i think of the italian herb and cheese bread from subway it made their sandwiches slightly less trash uh, it's also never <laughs> not funny italian herb instead of tannian herb anyway tony from frankfurt longtime listener first time emailer Thank you, Tony. What took you so long? I've been thinking about a plug for second base that hasn't been talked about at all, or if it has, it's not been talked about much. The Sox are obviously packed to the gills at first base and DH, and no one is really sure on how you fit Pito, Vaughny, Holy Sheets into the same lineup if a true pursuit of a long-term right fielder is going to happen. Knowing they've already been, sorry, Tegna, fucking Vaughny around by jumping into the big leagues just to play left field, right field, first base, and third base. Why not just tell him he's going to be the solution at the keystone? Hell, he can clearly adapt to a new position, so give him second base and let him coast. His defense at third base and the seven innings he played there looked pretty solid, so I can't imagine him being terrible defensively at second base, and mm-hmm. the numbers should play as top-tier second base. Not only should that open up Jerry's pocketbook by not having to sign a second baseman, but also open up regular playing time for Vaughn so he can hit both left-handed pitches and right-handed pitchers and allowing for the revolving first-base DH door between Jose Pito and Grandal. Would love your thoughts. I think it's the Silver Tuna. Thanks, Italian Herb. That's Tony. In Frankfurt, appreciate you, Tony. Uh, Andrew Vaughn at second base, full time. Herbie, why? Why would you love that a lot? <laughs> no. See, the thing is, I'm thinking about Andrew Vaughn, and maybe I'm guilty of this. I'm thinking of Andrew Vaughn, the guy that they said is a bat, and so that told me that he wasn't a fielder at all. But right now, I'm thinking, no, absolutely not. I don't want Andrew Vaughn there. You heard my. <sighs> in the middle of that i was like no not andrew vaughn but then i look back and i say i doubt it that they're gonna have andrew vaughn in left field and that man looked like a champion out there like i don't know if you guys feel the same way i feel like he is a gold glove caliber left fielder with the how he played out there in left field i mean his arm is not you know a right fielder's arm but his arm is decent it's accurate so I was surprised by how well he adapted that quickly. He's an athlete. He's making diving plays, making plays ranging to his left, right, and back towards the wall. I saw maybe one misplay. I think it was in Seattle, probably his fourth game ever. Mm -hmm. So I, I doubt that I would like a move of Andrew Vaughn to second base and be the guy. But this guy keeps on proving me wrong. Like when I say that, I didn't think he was going to have a decent year and eventually slowed down. 
for a guy who skipped all those levels and did what he did this year, kudos. And he has proven me wrong time and time again. So I won't 100% poo-poo this move. It's a out about out of the box thinking that I like. Good job, Tony. So maybe, but I'm more no than yes. I just don't know if he's got, you know, the range to, to play a position like that and the athleticism, you know. Um, he certainly did well and left at every opportunity that he had. He made the most of it, but I just don't know if that's if he's the right guy for that spot. And and, and quite frankly, like I think Andrew Vaughn, I, I, I think already in my mind, uh, Andrew Vaughn is going to be part of a trade package. So I'm not committing him to my long-term future here. I think that's one of the true assets you have here. If you're really trying to, to make the next step and win a World Series, I, you know, you're going to have to give up something. And Andrew Vaughn's going to be the number one thing uh, mm-hmm. that people are going to be asking for. So I think already in my mind, he's already gone. Maybe that's not the case. But, you know, I, I know Fortune flavors the bold, but that would be a really bold move to just stick him at second base and just hope it works. Like, that's not a, a move that I, I'd be comfortable with in a World Series window where all of a sudden you're just like, eh, let's see what he's got out there. You know, they know their guys better than anyone. I, I would even say that I'd rather see Jake Berger out there at second base uh, than Andrew Vaughn, you know, if you had to make the decision there, I, you know. I know Vaughn's got the elite bat, or at least you know profiles to be that. But you know, I think you know Jake Berger probably has a little bit more playing time at second base, and probably got even better. I would think, you know, if he's trying to have some some viable playing time in 2022, I'm sure he's you know he's getting more reps over there at second. We saw that happen in the minor leagues there. But I know it's not the most difficult position on the infield, but you're trying to improve. You know, we, we, we sat here and we talked about Cesar Hernandez's awful defense, and that's a guy who's won a gold glove. And maybe he just had a bad few months, but uh, you're telling me that defense matters and then also telling me that you're going to try Andrew Vaughn there uh, and, and and hope and pray. You know, uh, you know, luck and hope are, are not real plans. So you know, I, I'm not I'm all out on that move, and I think I'm out on, on the fact that I think he's going to be gone by the trade deadline. I just think that's what they're going to do. Uh, I hope not. You know, I hope they can find a way to just pay for things as opposed to trading away good assets. You know, just buying players, you know, uh, will, 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 it'll be more expensive, but you won't have to suffer the consequences of having a perennial all-star and maybe an MVP candidate go elsewhere. So, uh, But we appreciate the thoughts, as always. Uh, next voicemail coming in here from the 312. Hey, Italian Herb and Tanny. Hey, you. Uh, this is John from Brookfield. Uh, just nothing about the White Sox today, but... <laughs> I have a funny anecdote in that, like, I was just driving around and I caught myself making fun of bad drivers in the Jake Lamb voice. Like, oh, mm-hmm. can you learn? Can Coach Tony teach you how to navigate a four-way stop? Oh, can Coach Tony teach you how to use turn signals? I was just cracking myself up. I figured you guys would crack up and some of the other listeners on the podcast would crack up. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Have a good night. Oh, that did that did make me crack up, of course. Uh, yeah, the Jake Lamb voice. Hey, yeah, hey guys. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for your support. Everyone except Tanny. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I enjoy that. Do you have, like, a nervous tick? Like, I thought I was the only one that made noises while driving. Uh, but I guess I am not. Um, and when you're in the car by yourself, do you have like a voice you do or things you say to yourself, like it is to to fill the void there? Um, I act. I am a maniac when I'm by myself driving, and sometimes when Courtney's in the car too. But like, I will mf everybody on the road. It's just so <laughs> bad out there now. I'm like, we've talked about it time and time again. I want 
what we had during the pandemic without the pandemic. Oh, got a little bit of that on Friday. I know you probably didn't drive home Friday, but Friday night, or no, sorry, mm-hmm. not th- Thursday evening when I went out to dinner uh, to Harry Carey's, mm-hmm. I got home like in 16 minutes from Harry Carey's, and you know where I live, and that's downtown yeah. there. There was no one out on the roads. The express lane was wide open. It, I was I was reminiscing on the early days of COVID. There wasn't many uh. things to be happy about, but those early days where we were the uh, essential heroes, as I like to call ourselves, going into work, <laughs> um, and there was no traffic. I got in the streets just doing like 90 miles an hour every day in the express Cruising. lanes. Oh, it was beautiful. It was so great. Yeah. If we can go back to that, that'd be great. And so what everybody in the mom is on the road now and they're all in the goddamn fast lane, as you guys call it, the passing lane. It's cool to drive 60 if you want on the LSD, even though it's the 40 mile per hour uh, speed limit. But get out of my way if you see me behind you. There's no such thing as tailgating in the fast lane. No such thing. That means you're slow. That means you need to drive faster. So I use colorful language, maybe not in a voice, maybe not in this voice. It's a little bit more deeper, a little bit more, uh, as you kids would say, blacker, <laughs> as, you know, uh, get a little more animated uh, and tell motherfuckers what they can do. Sorry, Techna, to get out of my way. I'm sorry if you see me. If you see a car behind you, that's probably going to be me. And you're in the fast lane. That's going to be me yelling at you. So, you know, get out of that lane. Go to the other lane. That's for the that's for the people who don't want to drive. That left lane, that's for the drivers. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I really want to apologize to Tecna for this segment. But, yeah, we're talking about road rage here a little bit. Uh, my go-to voice of late, like I will just I will do a voice that's, you know, obviously not my own. But just like, a, just like I don't know if it's a nervous tick or just like, you know, just an, a – a pleasing way to say things, but I often talk uh, when I when I have my road rage as Joe Pesci in Casino when he's playing uh, Nicky Santoro. Joe Pesci, <laughs> a New York guy trying to do a Chicago accent, but it's really great, and it, 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 it's one of my favorite parts of the movie because it's so over the top. But it's just like you know, oh, you're gonna fucking cut in front of me, fucking jag off, you know, where the <laughs> fuck are you going, you fucking jag off? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's come up with ten thousand just the way you want. No, no, no. Yeah, ten thousand. Fifty thousand. Fucking fifty thousand. Go get it. I don't give a fuck where you get it. Fuckers, they take it, but they don't want to give it back. How the fuck can you grin? How can you grin? How the fuck can you grin? You know how much I'm stuck? You give a fuck? Do you? Yeah, give yourself a hand right across your fucking mouth. Look at this fucking butte they put in now. Sherbert sent you in here to rob me now. Been fucking knocking everybody's dick in all night. Huh? You've been beating all the customers tonight, motherfucker. Huh? Jag off. Hit me. Oh yeah, it's so pleasing. It's 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 great to say, uh, you know, because I I'm I'm trying to bring Jagoff back uh, to, to, to you know because I don't think people of our age bracket really said that a lot. Uh, it was something that was passed down from generation to generation and just kind of stopped. So yeah, that's that's what I do when I'm in the car. You give you a little Joe Pesci as Nikki Santoro. Uh, how the fuck can you grin? <laughs> um, so yeah, really sorry, Tegna, about all that. Uh, but we're just being real here. <laughs> all right. We'll take a quick time out when we come back. We'll preview tomorrow's show and wrap this thing up next here on Locked on White Sox. That about does it for us today on this episode of Locked on White Sox. Thank you to everyone for listening. Tomorrow we've got more of your questions, more of your emails, more of your phone calls, and hopefully we'll get some news here. Uh, I'm going to pick Herb's brain about a move in the AL Central that uh, has Sox fans feeling some type of way about their ball club. We'll talk about that tomorrow, and we'll have some more fun talking Sox here in the offseason. So if you've got a Sox fan friend, 
Tell them about the show, would you please? Make sure you're subscribing to the show. Make sure you follow the show on all podcast platforms. And if you haven't done so yet, please leave a rating for the show. It really helps us out. It's much appreciated. And and, and uh, leave a nice comment. Or maybe you hate the show. Maybe you've made it uh, through 364 episodes and you really can't stay on the show. Uh, but uh, make it known either way. So for my partner, Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Locked on White Sox.